Praise the Lord. Welcome this morning. And I know that you've been enjoying a season, a time of worship so far. As we were singing, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. We can sense and feel the anointing and the presence of God right here with us right now. But I understand that God is not limited by space or time. That means that the same presence of the Lord that we sense in this sanctuary is available right where you are in your home this morning. Let me just pray for us. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for the overwhelming, ever-present presence of the Holy Ghost. Lord, that you're faithful, God, to show up where, we're mo where we need you the most, when we need you the most. God, that you're omnipresent, Father, that you're everywhere at one time. God, that you never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you, God, for your presence today. God, minister, God, right now to all of those that are tuned in and watching. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. I have a few extra announcements this morning that I'm going to take some time with, but I'll go ahead and let you know you can turn in your Bibles to the book of John chapter 10. This morning we'll be continuing the series on the great I Am, Jesus Christ, the personification of the great I Am. And we'll continue that series uh, today and, and right on for the next several weeks. But uh, while you're turning there, I want to take a little extra time this morning and uh, just talk about uh, church. And I, I want to encourage you because you may have some questions concerning uh, some of the statements that I'm about to go over and, and share with you. If you do, uh, you can ask them. Uh, one, of the, one of the people that are here will try to get word to me if you've got a question that I can answer. Uh, we're we're going to be talking about, I've been saying it for a long time, uh, that this is not going to last forever. And we're going to go ahead and begin to uh, walk through a process of regathering. We won't say relaunching church because we never stop church. But regathering in the sanctuary uh, as a body of Christ. And I want to walk through a little bit of that that may help you feel more comfortable. I want to assure you first and foremost that we take our obligations very seriously and we are prayerfully considering steps to make everyone uh, safe and to feel safe uh, when they come to church and so I want to kind of walk through some of that process first of all we're going to be opening up next Sunday morning at 1045 not we won't have our Sunday school hour we'll talk about that in a minute but we won't have our Sunday school hour, but we're going to open up the sanctuary at 1045 next Sunday morning. This morning I was in my office preparing for church and got a phone call from someone in the community and was asking, are you guys opening up for church yet? And uh, I let them know next Sunday morning at 1045 we'll be opening up uh, for public worship in the sanctuary. Now what's that going to look like? First of all, we're going to have, we're going to call it family style church. 
What does that mean? Uh, we're going to keep all of the families together in the sanctuary. There will not be kids programs uh, going on at this time. We're going to be uh, continuing to meet as a, a body. Uh, we're going to ask that all families sit together in one pew um, with your family. We're going to be closing off every other pew. So we're, our capacity will be about 50%. Uh, and, and by doing that, I feel like that we can honor the social distancing, uh, keep families together, and still safely gather back together for public worship. So if you can, uh, if you can just plan on next Sunday. Now, what we're doing in preparation for that is we're having a sanitizing day on Saturday uh, from about 10 to 12. Uh, now, I, let me just say, we have continued every week to clean the sanctuary and clean the building throughout. Uh, that, that process has not changed. We are continually, the floors are mopped, the bathrooms are cleaned, the sanctuary is vacuumed. Uh, we've continued to maintain and keep up the sanctuary and the cleanliness of our church. But we're going to do a little deeper uh, sanitizing uh, next week. So what, what's that look like? We're going to... Uh, sanitize every hard surface the backs of pews the arms of pews the uh, the hard surfaces the altars the communion table uh, the the door handles the bathroom vanities and sinks and commodes and all of the uh, all of the surfaces that may be touched will be wiped down and sanitized we're taking extra precautions we'll be moving out and boxing up for a, a, a season, uh, the hardback hymnals and, and, and pew Bibles in the back of the pews, they'll be back. They will return, but we're going to box them up, take them out. We will put the both the Bible verses and the songs, which is already our custom anyway, up on the screen so you'll have them to follow along with. Uh, we're, we're taking extra precautions as far as um, you know, even, even how we're receiving offerings and how the doors are going to be propped open so that everyone uh, can be able to come in and out uh, without having to handle as minimal sur uh, surfaces as possible. So we are, uh, we are going the extra mile. I tell you all that because I want you to feel comfortable uh, coming back. Now, we're going to keep the kids in the sanctuary. So what's that going to look like? Well, first of all, uh, we're going to keep the services to about an hour, which we've been trying to do. Uh, we're going to keep the service to about an hour. Now, next Sunday is Mother's Day. Uh, it's a special day, and so uh, we, we're going to be um, recognizing that and doing something for our moms on Mother's Day and praying for uh, all of our families. And so the families will stay together. The kids will have small children. will have color pages with crayons that will be distributed. Uh, some of the older kids, they're, they're trying to uh, organize some sort of a, a quiet game that they can play during the service uh, uh, and get points for. Uh, our kids, pastors, uh, Gregory and Megan, are working on that. So we're, we're trying to consider every aspect of the service. Now, all of that being said, you're encouraged to come back. But uh, if you have flu-like symptoms, running a fever, uh, just feel run down and don't feel well, uh, we would encourage you to continue to use our virtual service. We are, that will continue to be offered. We, we've been offering it for a while. 
Hopefully we've enhanced it over the last several weeks. Uh, we will continue to offer uh, online services. Uh, we don't want you to feel condemned about that. There, there are some that are in uh, more vulnerable positions than others. Uh, some that are in, uh, you know, uh, older, some that have respiratory issues, some that have other health issues, some that are pregnant, some that uh, have just other sicknesses that make them more susceptible and makes this virus more dangerous for them. Uh, we honor that. We pray for you. We pray blessing and protection over you. And we get it. And we're not going to be condemning those that choose to take an extra week or two or three uh, to stay home and just continue to observe online. So that will be our unveiling of a, a public gathering next Sunday. We will continue uh, Wednesday nights just virtually through the month of May uh, because we couldn't really figure out a way to open up for an adult Bible study in the sanctuary without opening up all the kids' programs, and we just feel like that might be uh, jumping the gun a little bit too quick. So we're, uh, we're going to continue just online services on Wednesday and have a one-hour Sunday morning, one-hour-ish Sunday morning service on Sunday morning, and um, uh, we're going to go with that, and we're going to pray and believe the Lord uh, for his blessing and healing. If you have questions or, or even thoughts or comments, we're open to that. Shoot them to us in a, in a message. Uh, we look at all of those. We, I, I am praying. I've had uh, other suggestions that we're still praying through. We are, uh, we are trying to use due diligence and wisdom. Wisdom, not intelligence, but wisdom uh, from the Lord. Uh, I mean, we're trying to use intelligence too, but wisdom uh, that God would give us to do this in a way that would be uh, that would be safe, smart, and make everyone feel comfortable. Some of you may uh, you're, you have, have taken the custom, which is recommended uh, by wearing face masks in public. You're welcome to wear your face masks to church. Uh, I won't be wearing a face mask because I'm going to be preaching. Uh, but we won't. Uh, it won't bother us if you're wearing a face mask. Uh, we will not be having our meet and greet time. Uh, it will be kind of a smile and wave time. We'll give you a second, uh, 30 seconds to turn around, uh, locate your friends in the sanctuary, give them a big old Christian greeting in the form of a smile and a wave. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just going to be doing that. We, we will probably, uh, this is the first Sunday of the month, and we're not taking communion I know last month we did the drive-through communion, which was a huge success. Uh, this this month we're uh, just postponing communion to next Sunday, so we will take communion together if you're here uh, next Sunday. So, uh, and that'll even be in a very sanitized manner. We'll you'll see. Uh, just come out, uh, know that God loves us, uh, and and the church is here for you. Did you have a? Uh, Yes, yes, there's a sign-up link that's going to be put out. It may already be out. Um, it would help us if you would kind of pre, we'll call it pre-register or sign up and let us know that you're going to be attending. It'll just help us in, in preparations. Uh, if you'll let us know, yes, me and my family of four, five, uh, whatever, ten, uh, will be attending. And... Uh, so yes, if you'll
take advantage of that. That that's on that should be popping up on your uh, on your screen somewhere. However, these great tech geniuses make that work. So um, uh, let let us know. Please take a few moments and answer that. That does help us. Even if even if it's no, I'm not going to come next Sunday. That helps us. So uh, just communicate. Communication. Uh, come on. And so this is uh, helpful and helps spread the word to others uh, as well. And then we're going to continue to walk this out. I, I will tell you right now we're not making hard plans, but just like I told you, we were making soft plans to relaunch something on Mother's Day. And this is where we're at. Uh, we are making soft plans to be able to reopen everything by June. Uh, I, I had announced that we're going to be having a big family-type celebration when we regather. We're still going to do that. We're just waiting till the appropriate time. That may be late June uh, before we actually have a big picnic and celebration that, that, that we're, we're comfortable. It may even be as late as early July. But that's on the books. We're, we're talking about it. We're working out the details of that. Uh, so all of those things are happening. And uh, so please be, be, uh, be prayerful about your church. Uh, was there any other questions that came in that I need to address? I tried to be thorough. Okay. Well, praise the Lord. If you love Jesus, right where you're at, say amen. Amen. I hear him through the, listen, just because you're in your pajamas doesn't mean you can't say amen. Uh, so uh, say amen this morning and uh, let's worship the Lord. I, I even, you know, I, I'd gotten kind of lax in the last week or two and began, began to dress a little more casually for church. But I realized, you know what, that's not the right model. So I pulled the old suit out this morning and I came ready to worship the Lord. Amen. So uh, we're going to praise God this morning. John chapter 10, verse 11. Uh, by now, you've already hopefully given your virtual offering. And um, make it virtually good. And give a good offering this morning. Uh, we are starting a brand new month. And uh, we need you to be faithful to the Lord with your tithes and your offerings. And uh, so thank you, for, thank you for that. John chapter 10, verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Amen? Uh, keep going. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Okay, uh, Jesus declaring here, we're continuing the series of Jesus Christ, the great I am. And the I am of today, the I am of the personification of the Father that we see through Christ is I am the good shepherd. Uh, and, and Jesus talks about that. Now, 
hold your thumb there and in a few moments we're going to go to Psalms 23 because we're going to see David explain the Good Shepherd in a more personal detail and we're going to talk about that but I I want to just use some of the uh, some of the verbiage that Jesus uses as he defines what makes him a good shepherd versus another shepherd because listen when you go to the fields uh, and you see shepherds tending the flock uh, it, it's hard to tell who the master shepherd or the good shepherd is versus the hirelings because in a day-to-day -day operations everything looks the same can I tell you that it's hard sometimes to tell the genuine from the false until problems come in Jesus says I'm the good shepherd why because I will die for my sheep. I give my life for my sheep. Uh, I am the good shepherd because I have an investment in my sheep. They're my own. I've bought them. Listen, somebody right now at home say, I have been bought with a price. When the enemy comes and tries to mess with you and tries to attack you, you can declare, look, you don't have any right or any authority in my life. I am not my own. I have been redeemed. I have been bought with a price. I belong to the Good Shepherd, that God has redeemed me with His own blood, and that Jesus has pulled us out and called us His own, so that we are uh, His. So the Bible says the hireling flees. Why? Very simply, because he is a hireling. He's doing what he's doing just for purposes other than ownership. God says, I cannot flee because uh, I have invested in the sheep. I have given my life for the sheep. I have in the Bible times and still even today uh, the shepherd the one there maybe a business owner let's just make it real easy for us to understand in difficult times difficult moments like this uh, those that are working by the hour uh, those that are working for a paycheck uh, when times get difficult it's easy for them to go down the road but the owner that has invested his life's blood into the business, that has put everything that he has into the sheep, that has everything that he has into the business, they don't have the option of just locking the doors and walking away. They've got to make it work. And that's what Jesus is saying here. As the shepherd, I have invested in the sheep. I can't just walk away in hard times. How can you tell the good shepherd? Because the good shepherd, when the enemy comes in, will roll up his sleeves and go to work defending the sheep. Now turn with me real quick to Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. How many times have we quoted that verse? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Underscore that in your Bible. We're going to come back and talk about that. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now this passage in, in the 23rd Psalm starts out with this phrase, The Lord is my shepherd jesus says in john chapter 10 uh, i think it was verse 11 
I am the good shepherd. So we see here the, what, what David is talking about become reality in Jesus Christ. David is realizing the fullness. David could relate to a shepherd because what was David? David had been a shepherd. Yes, David at this point uh, had already been anointed as a king. But David understood the meaning of a shepherd. And so uh, David understood what it was to be a shepherd. So he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I take care. David, uh, uh, in in the passages earlier, uh, talks about would would fight off the the, the ravenous wolves and the uh, wild animals that would come to attack his sheep. He understood what a good shepherd did because that was his family's livelihood. And he would... Uh, defend the sheep against whatever would come to attack them. And so he says, now I understand that I am under the care of the good shepherd, the supreme shepherd, the Lord himself, David says, is my shepherd. That's powerful. When you think about it, that God has called you out. You're his own flock. He says, I have made uh, provision for you. I have made redemptive provision for you. I will take care of you. So I I want us to look at this real quickly and look at some of the comparisons. First of all, it's important to understand who our shepherd is. David said, I know who I have. I know my shepherd is. The Lord is my shepherd. Paul uh, in in 2 Timothy says um, uh, that, that the Lord himself, I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able. Why? Because I know in whom I have put my trust in today. Can I tell you that there is a world that's filled right now with fear and panic because they don't know who to trust? You know, you hear one voice coming out one day with one thing, one voice coming out another day with another thing, one news report saying one thing, one news report saying another thing, one statistic saying one thing, another statistic saying another thing, and, and it's total confusion. Why? Because they don't know who to trust. David says, I know in whom I have believed. I, the Lord is my shepherd. Paul said, I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded. Listen, when we put our faith and our confidence and our trust in the Lord, it doesn't matter what everybody else is saying because we have one voice. Uh, the Bible said, Jesus said, the Lord know, I mean, the sheep know my voice, and I am known by them. And, and remember when... Uh, when, when Mary went to the garden tomb and uh, for a few moments she was confused and saw the angel uh, or saw the, the, the person uh, she thought was a gardener standing at the, the tomb and uh, she, was her, she was overwrought with emotions and her eyes were so filled with tears she couldn't even see clearly. And she was just telling the gardener, they've taken my Jesus, they've taken the Lord from the tomb. If you'll just tell me where they've buried him, I just want to go and anoint him. And Jesus spoke one word. What did he say? He said, Mary. And the Bible says immediately she turned and says, Rabboni, Master. Why? Because when Jesus calls your name, it doesn't matter what the calamity, what the crisis is, you will know the voice 
of the master. Remember when uh, Elijah stood at the, uh, the foot of the, uh, of the cave and, and, and miraculous signs were happening. Uh, uh, fire and thunder and, and all kinds of activity was going on. And, and it didn't impress Elijah. I mean, this man had just called fire down from heaven. Miracles wasn't what he was looking for. But then the Bible says what? A still, small voice called out the name of Elijah, and that made him get up, gird himself, wrap himself, go to the edge of the cave and say, yes, Lord. Listen, some of us this morning need to hear the voice of the master, the good shepherd that loves his sheep, that gave his life for his sheep and says, look, I still care for you, knowing whom you have believed. Listen, if your confidence has been shaken, I want you this morning to be encouraged in the Lord. I, I, I was communicating earlier today with another pastor who was asking me about some financial uh, questions about their church and, and, and about some grants and some loans that, uh, that are out and available and, and how to access them and uh, just, just a lot of concern that a lot of pastors are going through right now. And, and so I was giving him the information as best as I could, but I said, in the meantime, Know that God is faithfully providing for his church. And whatever means God decides or uses to bring the blessing and the provision of God to your life, you know, take advantage of whatever doors God opens up. But know in whom you have believed and be persuaded. I feel like preaching to an empty sanctuary this morning because I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above everything that I ask or think or even imagine according to the power that has been sealed up in the body of Christ. Somebody at home say amen. Hallelujah. I've got three ameners in the sanctuary. That's, that's, that's enough. Amen. <laughs> um, seasons require different actions. We are in uncharted territory. We've said that week after week. We've talked about the different things. We're doing things differently. Uh, we've done virtual church. We've done drive-through communions. We've, we, we, we've tried to do other things to, to, to minister to people. And we're doing a, uh, by the way, I'm going to take a moment and plug this. Uh, for the young adults on Thursday night, they have a Zoom class together. And when we do start our uh, virtual, when we do start our real life classes back up, we're going to be adding a Zoom option for people that, uh, that want to Zoom into one of our classes and, and virtually attend uh, a class. So we're going to have different options available. So I, I say that only to say different seasons require different approaches. Look at David. David said, there were times that the Lord made me sit and rest. There were times that he led me beside the still waters and I would refresh my soul. And there were other times that it was almost as if he said, I was being driven, yea, though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. He didn't stop there. He didn't pause and lay down and rest in his darkest hour. He continued to move forward. Listen, there are different seasons in life. There are times that, that we bask, that we rest, that we're refreshed. And there are other times that we march forward and we move onward. Listen, understand the seasons and the times that you're walking through today. 
This isn't a time to get comfortable. And this is a time to continue to pursue God. This is a time to pray like you've never prayed before. I'm going to be spending some extra time and probably uh, even having a day or so of fasting and preparation for next Sunday morning because it will be our first regathering uh, service that we'll be coming back together as a, as a group. Can I tell you, this isn't the time to take it easy. This isn't a time to get comfortable. This is a time to, to, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ louder than ever before more clearly than ever before. We have to walk through this season. We can't stop here. We can't be, this cannot be the new norm. We can't allow uh, what we're seeing right now to become so comfortable that it becomes our new norm. No, we're going to walk through this season. We're going to do what we have to do in this season, but we're not going to back up. We're not going uh, to give up. We're going to press on, and we're going to go on to higher heights and greater things than ever before. The church is going to emerge stronger than it ever has been before. The body of Christ is going to have a more unified and a clearer voice than it ever has before. Why? Because God has led us miraculously and faithfully through the valley of the shadow of death. But we have feared no evil, for God has been with us. Amen? We need to know in whom we have believed. You, then I could spend, and I'm not going to, I could spend an hour on this next phrase. It is a powerful statement when you understand it. The Bible says, you anointed my head with oil and my cup. I would, I'm telling you, I would love to just park right here and preach for a while on the anointing of God. But I'm going to just go through a few things that help us understand the, the, the process of a shepherd. So at the end of the day, shepherds would often... Um, get hung up in, in thistles or, uh, and there would be ticks and mites and there, there were times that swarms of insects would, would come through and, 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 and they would burrow into the eyes and the nose and the ears of the, the sheep at seasons and um, if there were any cuts or wounds they would uh, get infected and oftentimes uh, through these insects and these bugs uh, the, the sheep would actually die. They'd get sick and die. So uh, let me just pause there. Um, the, the Bible makes reference to defending the sheep against the wolves. And that's a, a, a wonderful thing. But can I tell you that it's not always the wolves that take out a mature child of God. It's often the little insects, the little bugs, the little undealt with things in our life that that fester and become infected. It's not, it's not always the, the ravenous attack from outside. In fact, usually it's not because we're guarded against that. We've learned to recognize those level of attacks, but we allow these little uh, foxes, if you will, or these little insects to fester and, and, and begin to take control, and we don't deal with them, and they're, they're aggravating and they're annoying, but we allow them to stay, and, and, and it causes us to become infected and, 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 and gets into our blood system, our spiritual blood system, and, and, until it strangles the spiritual life out of us. So when we talk about anointing our head with oil, so a practice of a, a shepherd 
would be at the end of the day, they would gather uh, oftentimes many of their sheep in and they would take a vial of oil that was uh, crushed with olive oil and they would uh, pour it over the head of the sheep and, and, and work it into the uh, ears and the nostrils and they would look for wounds on the sheep and they would minister to the wounds and, and try to keep infection out and, 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 and the oil would allow the ticks not to be able to stick to the wool and, and they would literally slide off when they would try to attach themselves to the, the sheep. That's what David was talking about. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Can I tell you that your anointing is your protection from the small bugs that destroy relationships, that destroy families, that fester in your heart against a brother or a sister in Christ and, and it's allowed to just sit there and fester, but the anointing of God as it begins to wash away all of that hurt, all of, that, uh, all of those infections, all of those uh, insects that would, would, would eat away, that anointing is your protection. And God said that Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, pours out an anointing on us. And that the Holy Spirit is drawn to the anointing. It's pulled into the anointing. So that we as, as Christians, we have a, we have a, um, we have a, a very personal God. I mean, can, we, can you just take for a moment and just think with me? It's been a, a you're, you're a sheep. That's all right. Consider yourself a sheep on, on the field. And you've been out uh, trying to find food. And you've been, you had your head stuck in some thorn bushes. Because let me tell you, uh, we visited Israel. And there aren't a lot of real large green pastures. There's lots of rock and desert and uh, so oftentimes the, the sheep to get to the little patch of green grass may have to stick his head through a thorny bush to, to try to eat. Or, and, and so they, they end up getting all, you've been out all day. You've just been trying to do what you've got to do to survive. And you come back in for the evening and the good shepherd is sitting there. You're going into the pen, which we're going to talk about uh, probably next week or, well, or maybe not next week for Mother's Day, but maybe the following week, uh, the Lord becomes the door of the pen. Uh, it's a powerful thought, uh, but we're not going to get into that. But you're going into your, you're going into your pen. You're going into your place of security for the night. And, um, but the good shepherd is standing there, and he's pulling you aside because he sees, hey, there's, there's something wrong. You're limping a little bit. <laughs> Uh, there's a there's a speck of blood on the on the side of your face. There's there's and, and he just pulls you out of the herd and he takes a few moments and he pours oil and he begins to minister to your wounds. That's a personal relationship with God. Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane, which was a place of crushing. It's where they would take the olives. And there was a huge grinding, crushing uh, system of stone that would be in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it would crush the oil, would be poured out of the olives to make the olive oil. 
what a fitting place for Jesus to agonize uh, on, on the eve of his judgment and crucifixion. As he, as, as he would be agonizing in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was being crushed. And the oil of the Holy Spirit was being poured out. Can I tell you that oil is still available to minister to you this morning? So maybe, maybe uh, you've been wounded, you've been hurt. Well, the Good Shepherd is there to pull you out, is there to minister to you, is there to strengthen you this morning. Don't give up. Don't, don't throw in the towel. Don't quit. Amen? Uh, know in whom you have believed. And then I'm just going to close with uh, this thought that David closed with he said surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and the Bible talks about signs and wonders miracles follow those that believe can I tell you it's easy in the body of Christ to get that backwards and we start chasing after signs and wonders. We start chasing after goodness and mercy. But the Bible says if you stay in the hands of the Lord, signs and wonders are going to follow after you. Have you ever seen an old dog chasing his tail around in circles? That's the way the body of Christ is. When we're chasing signs and wonders and signs and wonders are following us, we're just going around in a circle, aren't we? But when we're walking with Jesus... And at the moment that we need a miracle, it's there. Why? Signs and wonders shall follow us. When I was a little boy, uh, growing up in, in church, in uh, the old church of God that I grew up in, that one of the, one of the sisters, uh, Sister Silas, she'd get under the anointing and she'd begin to pray. And oh, she could pray down the house. Uh, some of you have some Pentecostal heritage and you know what I'm talking about. And she'd get excited. And uh, she'd start marching across the front of the church. And she'd say, yep, there's goodness, there's mercy, there's goodness, there's mercy. And she'd be shouting the glory. I didn't understand what all of that meant in that time. But as I've walked this thing out, there's been times I've needed the mercy of God. There's been times I've needed the goodness of God. There's been times I've needed signs and wonders to follow. And the Bible says, as a good shepherd, he's placed us on the path of righteousness. And goodness and mercy are following you. They're pursuing you. When you become overtaken in troubles, overtaken in trials, Allow goodness and mercy to just overwhelm you. Just take a few moments and just say, Okay, God, I'm following you, but I need to feel your presence right now. I'm going to pause right here, Lord, by this stream. And I'm going to let the billows of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to let the waves of the Holy Spirit just overshadow me. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of this life and then eventually <laughs> I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
Are you thankful this morning that you have a good shepherd? I'm so thankful that we have a good shepherd this morning. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, right now, oh God, Lord, you're such a good shepherd, such a faithful shepherd. Oh God, we love you, Lord. God, we need a shepherd today. We need a shepherd to protect us. We need a shepherd to fight for us. We need a shepherd to anoint us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness and wash away the infections and the infectors, Lord, that would attack our body. We need a good shepherd that's invested. <laughs> God, you gave your everything. Lord, you could not have paid more for me. Father, I'm humbled, Lord. God, to be one of your sheep. God, that's not an insult. <laughs> what a privilege. What a privilege. What a privilege to be labeled, to be numbered as one of the sheepfold this morning. Listen, if you're listening to me online and you say, Pastor, I haven't given my life to Jesus right there where you're at right now. Father, I surrender all. Lord, I give everything to you, Lord. I need a shepherd. I'm so confused. Lord, I, I hear different voices and I, I, I wake up. I don't even know who I am some days. I'm, I'm being directed by a different leader or a different voice. I need a consistent shepherd in my life. And I want to surrender my life to you, Lord. I want to give my life to you, Lord. God, you are the good shepherd. Lord, you've paid the ultimate price. I accept my redemption. <laughs> God, that you have redeemed me to be one of yours. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me of sins and washing me clean today. Let the anointing of the Holy Spirit overshadow us this morning. And goodness and mercy follow us in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. God bless you. I'm excited about seeing everyone next Sunday. If you're able and are able to come out and be with us um, or invite somebody. There, like I said, there are those that are looking for churches that are reopening. Um, be back with us next week if you can. If not, tune in online. We'll still be here. We'll still be coming to you online. But if you can be with us in, in person, that would just be awesome. Uh, God bless you. We love you. I will see you through the camera Wednesday. God bless. That's it.